Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. This is our weekly football recruiting podcast featuring the football recruiting guru, Don Callahan. What's up, Don? Not too much. How you doing? You um, you recovered from covering the uh, the Showtime camp on Saturday. It was it was a long day. Long day for you. I was there. Uh, came there at around five o'clock, I guess. But that was a long night getting all that together. What everybody doesn't see is, is the work that goes on behind the scenes. Recording that podcast late night. You taking all the good pizza out of the office. <laughs> You should have made sure you picked the uh, the the your pieces. That's but you know right. what? I mean, I hate when they. I mean, okay, yeah, the big pizza, great idea and all, but I hate when they don't cut it like a normal pizza, like when they cut it in, in those squares and triangles yeah. and everything, yeah, because yeah. then then you have crappy pieces. And the best pieces are like the ones in the middle. Absolutely, and the yeah, corner we, pieces are the worst. We had so much pizza. God, we did have so much pizza. Um, good stuff. Uh, anything new on on your side, personally? No, I. Uh, but I know that you love to hear about my donut situation. And yeah, so, hey, happy Father's Day! Thank, thank you. Even though it was a couple of days ago. Um, so I didn't have it in the morning. I had to do some stuff for the uh, for the official visit. Although my my son did make me some eggs. Woke me up early, which was not a great idea, but the thought was there, so I, I liked it. Maybe some <laughs> eggs. No donuts. The whole plan all along was knowing that I, ha- I was going to have to uh, work, and that I had worked the night before was to have like a donut breakfast or donut dessert after dinner but we go to we go to Krispy Kreme and they have four donuts left that's it like this was like at like Jeez. seven eight seven eight o'clock and they don't close until like 10 so I'm like what the hell are you gonna do with just four donuts for the next you know couple of hours but anyway so we went back on Monday got our donut fix and so I was good good stuff um I suggest everybody goes back and listens to our Showtime Camp podcast recap. Look at the scoop from that night and also the weekly scoop from this past week you posted on Tuesday. We're recording this Wednesday morning. It likely won't air until Thursday. Let's go right into what we're going to talk about. We're going to kind of look back at the Showtime Camp and uh, breeze over that shortly. We're going to get into the two commitments that happened since the Showtime Camp. There were two that night. And then since then, Sean Martin committed on Monday night. Jaden Chalmers uh, committed to UNC on Tuesday night. We'll discuss those and the impact that Chalmers' commitment might have on Des Evans. We're then going to look into uh, looking ahead to this weekend, which is going to be a big official weekend, and then dive into our top five. We wanted your submissions of the uh, your top five favorite sitcoms and, and comedy TV shows, and then we'll preview what the next top five is. This is going to be our uh, last podcast for about two weeks. Uh, I'm going on a little vacation. Don has a little vacation, so we'll take a break. We'll be back shortly. So let's get right into it. Um, Don, you, you spoke a lot about, in your weekly scoop, a lot about more about the Showtime camp, stuff that you didn't reveal until that scoop. Uh, what can you kind of tell us? Any any ramifications from that camp since then? It looks like they've obviously got some commitments that came from it. Um, but anything else you want to kind of touch on before we kind of you know, put a close on the Showtime camp? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're going to feel the, um, I guess, uh, 
feel repercussions, uh, for lack of a better term, from this camp for for probably a couple of weeks. We felt a couple these past couple of days with the commitments, which we'll get into a little bit more. Uh, new offers went out, which um, obviously has has effects on things. And uh, yeah, I think that there's some things going on um, that's that's hasn't finalized yet, hasn't settled yet. That um, that that's kind of kind of originated from this past week, in particular the Showtime camp that we'll we'll uh, obviously be talking about um, in weeks to come. Good stuff. I mean, and we know the scoop and kind of being there. I think a big part of that camp was you got a lot of the commitments from the 2020 class together. And that that bond and the influence they kind of have as a group on social media and group chats, that's always important for the class, kind of building that rapport, building that camaraderie early. Um, and that can influence a lot of other uh, commitments when they come on official visits during the season. Um, and then, of course, like the DMing that goes on and the, the public uh, influence that certain guys can have on, on social media. I think that was a big part of the Showtime camp that you had so many different commits there from all across the East coast. Um, any thoughts on that kind of impact and what you witnessed or heard? Uh, for, from, from the Showtime camp you're talking about? Yeah. With the commitments together and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're, they are getting closer and closer. I mean, it's one thing, a lot of these guys I'm trying to remember who, who was actually, I don't know if it was Cresswell or if it was someone else who was kind of mentioning the fact that, uh, you know, he's been talking to a lot of these other commits, through the the group uh, group chat, um, and uh, it was nice to actually see those guys in person. You know, put a face to a name and kind of spend some time with them and and see if you know uh, they jive in, in person. So I, I really think, from a standpoint of um, solidifying the class, that um, that that you know this past weekend went a really long way in that regard and and you can kind of see last night the buzz that was going on with, when Chambers committed just uh the, the commits being excited about it they were kind of alluding to the fact that he was going to commit to North Carolina and, and then afterwards alluding to some other things that might happen because of that and is there a leader of this class emerging kind of the, the vocal guy that is kind of the ringleader as a recruiter uh, for 2020 class? You know, I don't, I don't think so yet. Um, I think that there's a bunch of guys who are, um, who are very, very, very active and very, very um, vocal, but there's not just that one guy who there's not like, you know, a couple of years ago and you remember, cause I think you were covering recruiting at the time, you know, Jake Lawler seemed like to be that guy, you know, maybe, or maybe it was a kind of a duo thing between Jake Lawler and, um, and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and Mike, Mike Carter. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it just seems like you, you got Ethan who's involved. You got uh, Josh Downs who's involved. Cresswell really has kind of stepped his game up. He's one who I feel like from this weekend really kind of um, his comfort level. I mean, he's been really active on Twitter the past couple of uh, days um, with, with recruiting and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I think there's probably like a handful of guys that are really, really involved and really, really vocal. Uh, but not just one who's just kind of taking complete charge of it. Good stuff. Um, so anything else in the Showtime camp that you want to talk about uh, before we kind of put a bow on that and move on? Uh, the only thing I want to just throw out there is that, you know, we still have a lot more coverage from it, even though it was, it feels like it was forever ago. I mean, we have stories for, um, from interviews from, from the guys who are there, the main guys who are there still this week. We have video that I haven't even had an opportunity to go through. I'm really kind of, 
looking forward to go to, going through it. And, and obviously we'll post some of the good stuff from that from the one-on-ones um, and then some individual stuff. So, so definitely make sure that you're checking uh, inside Carolina um, because we, we have plenty of, of, of stuff coming up from, from the, uh, the Showtime camp for sure. And let me ask you this as the last thing. What was the one thing that um, kind of surprised you from that camp, that stood out, that surprised you from that camp that you weren't expecting? Uh, kind of put you on the spot there, but maybe that can be one thing that can end it for us. There's so much to choose from because there's so much you're trying to absorb because it's the first time, you know, with the, the Showtime camp, you know, before we've been dealing with the freak show. So I'm kind of, you know, Saturday I was kind of like absorbing, you know, what's the differences, how they're doing things differently, why and all that. And then when you look at the actual camp, you have a new group of guys that you're evaluating. I don't saying I was surprised would be kind of like, um, I think it would be sound like a negative, but the thing that I really kind of walked out of that kind of sticks in my mind is that the, the arm and play and, and the, just the, the physique of uh, Jacoby Cresswell. I mean, he's, I, I mentioned this a bunch um, on the podcast on Saturday night and then also in our uh, scoop um, and then the live updates also just his, his build. I mean, he's, he's built like a thick running back and just puts the ball, whatever, wherever he wants to put it, and just so effortless with his throws. Uh, I'm actually working on a story now that should be posted uh, on Tuesday. Um, so by the time you listen to this, it should be up on, on the website. But uh, talking to Josh Downs, and he actually comments on, on um, you know, some of uh, Cresswell's throws and really, really impressed with, uh, you know, catching, catching him um, during the Showtime camp. How is how does Chriswell right now compare to Sam Howell as a player and a thrower? Ooh, man, Ooh. really kind of put me in the spot here. Good question. Um, you, you know, really, to be honest, um, Chriswell is is more polished of a passer. You know, hmm. Sam Sam's a very very good passer, but Sam is always he he definitely progressed and got better throughout his high school career. But um, he was always a guy who was, you know, he would beat you with his will. You know, he would, you know, he doesn't. He, uh, I don't want to say he. There's certain things he does that might not be mechanically correct that he's definitely has improved on, particularly with his senior year, and I'm sure he's improving on now at North Carolina. But he always was successful because of his determination. Cresswell is more of a kind of like a um, just has fun out there um, and just kind of just goes out there and throws the ball and just very, you know, he has a very natural throwing motion, very, you know, naturally just gets the ball wherever. He needs it to go. Good stuff. Um, and and Malik Hornsbury, uh, he visited on Monday, right? Yes. So he visited on Thursday and then came back on Monday. Um, you know, he was actually in the state for a track meet in Greensboro. I think it was the New New Balance um, Nationals or something along those lines, which is like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. So obviously he wasn't able to be around for the Showtime camp stuff. But um, he, you know, that 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 track meet was sandwiched between a pair of visits to North Carolina, where he just kind of stopped by, put the jersey on a couple of times. I wonder, really, I mean, is there a limit to where it's no longer cool and no longer fun to put the jersey on and take pictures? I, I, I'm asking I, you this question. It's, it's blown up with uh, how often they do it and the photos, and you get the coaches involved and the parents. And I love, I think last year, a couple. Uh, dads at other schools put on full pads and full jerseys. Uh, it gets a little goofy, but I mean, it's it's. Cool. I guess every, every it seemed like um, at the Showtime camp they all wore the white uniforms, and I guess they rotate through different uh, uniform combinations. 
Yeah, yeah. So I guess you know, um, yeah. Uh, but I, I just feel like at some point for me, I mean, yeah, the first time would be really, really, really cool, and then the <laughs> cool factor would slowly kind of fall down each time, especially if you're if it's the same school. I might, you know, if someone enjoys it, then then go for it. I might, I might be critical. I'm just wondering if there comes a point where you're like, ah, eh, I don't think yeah. I'm going to put the jersey on today. Well, if anyone knows cool, it's you, uh, a man known for his style and cargo shorts, et cetera. <laughs> well, I could wear shorter shorts, but then people might accuse me of stealing your uh, style. There we go. All right, we're going to take a, uh, a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Johnny T-Shirt. We, we love that they're sponsoring our podcast and all of Inside Carolina's podcast, JohnnyT-Shirt.com. It's your online and Franklin Street location for – Everything you need for your Tar Heel gear. It's locally owned, alumni owned. Always want to support uh, local businesses that focus only on UNC. They're the best customer service. And it's your spot to visit right there on Franklin Street on game days or anytime you're coming through Chapel Hill. Remember that you can get a 10% discount using the IC subscriber code found on the football and basketball premium message boards. It's a great place for gifts, uh, heading into birthdays and holidays and things like that. And if you just need uh, a, a new sweatshirt, a new T-shirt, new hat, Johnny T-shirt is your place to go. So visit them on Franklin Street and JohnnyT-shirt.com. All right, next up. So uh, Monday, Sean Martin, defensive end from West Virginia, committed. And then last night, which was Tuesday, Jaden Chalmers committed. Let's start with Sean Martin. Um Strong side defensive end. Let me pull this profile here from Bluefield, West Virginia. 6'6 six, six and uh, 260 pounds. Ranked as the number one player in West Virginia uh, and number 589th in the country in the, in the 27, number 27 strong side defensive end. It's crazy. Like UNC's landed three of the number one players from West Virginia. I mean, this dude is way out there at 589. He's still the number one player in the state. And that's not a big football state. But Don. Let's get your initial takes on Sean Martin. He officially visited over the weekend uh, and then pulled the trigger on Monday. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a huge, huge um, verbal commitment. And, and I think you could probably even say steal because West Virginia, the in-state school, was, was in it um, up until probably Sunday morning. Uh, Penn State was was believed to be the leader for for a while now, uh, which could be interesting to see is if those schools are able to kind of uh, talk them into taking a visit. I know that they're definitely going to try for sure. Uh, Virginia Tech was also in it. So this was a guy who was highly coveted, uh, you know, very, you know, obviously has a size. You know, I've seen him listed 6'6", 6'5", um, regardless. I mean, he's tall, long, and very, very athletic, um, you know, uh, moves really well. Technique needs a lot of work. If you watch his film, he does, you know, he has these long arms, strong hands, doesn't take take advantage of them, kind of just runs runs around uh, defenders, or, I'm sorry, blockers, and then, um, you know, kind of just out muscles guys. But uh, obviously we'll have to work on his technique, but that's what uh, college coaches are for. For sure. And that strong side defensive end, and, and this is kind of going on to the podcast that Greg and Tommy and Jason did, uh, how – the different positions within Jay Bateman's defense, where do you see him playing? Is he going to be a, a hand in the dirt guy on the three, four alignment, or is he going to be play more in the open and open field as like a outside linebacker defensive end kind of flex position? Well, I think he's going to be now. I haven't had the chance to listen to uh, 
to Greg and Tommy's podcast, and I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to listen to it because I have done a little bit of – I try to do as much research on Jay Bateman's defense as possible. But from, from what I've seen from the spring game and also a couple of uh, games of uh, Army's defense, um, I think that Sean Martin kind of is that stand-up defensive end. I think they're calling it the rush end. I, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, but just a guy who um, you know, is still kind of in the box, very close to the line, you know, the only difference is, is that he's not doesn't have his hand down, but he's essentially a defensive end. They'll drop him some, but for the most part, you're you're relying on him to to attack the line, to get pressure on the quarterback, and to uh, stop the run from within the box. Um, so that that's my projection for him for sure. Good stuff, and I heard he has massive hands from a source, the biggest hands I've ever measured. Uh, I'm looking at his tape right now and, and, you know, great size, great length off the edge. And I think you're right about, you know, he'll be a pass rusher from what it seems like. And um, I'd be a big, big pickup. You know, the ranking may not be as high as some would like, but the potential for this guy to, to put on a lot of weight and really be an impact player on the defensive line is there. Uh, and I think you're correct. Obviously, West Virginia really wants him to visit. And, uh, you know, Penn State is an impressive school that obviously really wants him as well. Um, good stuff. We're moving on now to Jaden. Chalmers, a cornerback from Lee County High School in Sanford, North Carolina. He's 5'11", 160. Uh, the ranking, I mean, he's ranked way out of, uh, you know, he's way over 1,000. He's 1647 in the nation, 149th cornerback. When you get to this level, the rankings, it's a crapshoot. They're just throwing numbers at the, at the board. Um, so not a, not a high-ranked guy, but... You know, he. I heard he I saw that he won MVP at the Charlotte um, Nike camp, I believe it's called, or something, opening camp, and he impressed at the Showtime camp. What can you tell us about Jaden Chalmers, UNC's newest commitment, Don? Well, in my opinion, and uh, if you look at back at my top fifty rankings that was posted uh, at in end May, at the end of May, um, you know, he's the top cover corner in the state by far. Uh, not that there's this huge group of uh, of cover corners in the state this year, but uh, regardless, to me, he's he's the guy. If you want, if you pick out one guy from within the state that you want to lock down a receiver, he would be the guy that you want. Um, he's you know, tremendous ball skills. Uh, seems to have a really good feel for the game, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that uh, he catches the ball, and you can you can bet on it that he's. Uh, has a very good chance of taking it to uh, to the end zone. Good stuff. Um, his his recruitment. Can you guys tell us about that? Obviously, he's offered on Sunday or Monday and committed on Tuesday. Uh, have they been tracking him for a while? Definitely wanted to get him on campus. What can you tell us about his recruitment? Yeah, I mean, they definitely wanted to get him on campus and um, you know to kind of see him work in a camp setting, and they got an opportunity to do that. During the seven on seven, which Lee County participated in, and then also at the the Showtime camp, uh, but really with him, you know, he's a lifelong UNC fan, um, and everybody basically knew that if UNC were to offer, he was going to jump on it immediately. And when you are in a situation like that with North Carolina, um, with 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 an in-state kid at all, really, but with an in-state kid who's a teammate of um, the top player in the state and one of the top players in the nation, Des Evans, you have to make sure when you offer him that you want to offer him to the point where you will accept a verbal commitment. So there was a lot of due diligence that was done with him. 
Um, he definitely received a bunch of lower tier offers. You know, he has some work to do in the classroom. And so a, a lot of other major schools were kind of scared off, off by that. But um, yeah, everybody knew as soon as North Carolina offered, it was, it was a done deal. And that's essentially what happened. He didn't announce it until I think, uh, well, until um, Tuesday, but um but I mean, he committed on the spot on Monday when the offer was extended to him. For sure, East Carolina offer, Appalachian Air Force are probably your biggest army as well. Uh, but as you said, the number one cover corner in the state of North Carolina, athletic kid, pretty fast, pretty long, uh, six feet. You know about what you want in your corner position. Now let's get into kind of what you alluded to. He is teammates and good friends. I believe is he related to Des Evans? Yes, they are cousins. Cousins. So. Um, what impact do you think this has on Dev Evans? Dev Des Evans, as we've talked about, UNC is in a good spot with him. He's visited, visited UNC more than any other school uh, on his offer list. Uh, what's the impact on this, and and does it change uh, the projection for when and and how uh, Des Evans uh, his recruitment when he commits? I mean this this uh, to, this helps North Carolina's chan- chances tremendously. I mean because it's not only just a teammate, but it's it's a guy who, and I asked this question in the in the Q and A with uh, Jaden Chalmers that we posted after he committed on Tuesday, um, and uh, uh, I mean he said, you know, he's he's my cousin and we hang out every single day, and uh, and I said, well, are you going to do any recruiting? And he said, oh, yes, uh, yes, sir, I'm going to recruit uh, every every day. I'm going to let him know, you know, why he needs to go to North Carolina, particularly. The, the proximity to family was something that he wanted to hit on. I guess that's something that he feels is pretty important. And he brought up some some example of, you know, if you need something and you are, you know, going to school in Alabama, it's, it's going to take a while for your, your family to get that something to you. But if you're North Carolina, it's a 30-minute ride for your your parents to uh, to give you whatever it it, uh, it is. But, yeah, I mean, this, this really kind of changes the game. I, I don't. I don't see if he stays in state. There's, to me, there's just no way possible that he goes anywhere else if he stays in state. So the question now is: is can these out-of-state schools, particularly Alabama and Ohio State, two schools that he um, has mentioned a desire to visit, which is looking more and more likely now, have to be an official visit if he visits those schools? You can never count out those schools. I mean, th- those are recruiting powerhouses that seem to get whoever they want. Uh, but I think it's going to be difficult. Just because of the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of people I talk to who, who, um, who are around him say that, you know, location is going to be key. Um, going far away from home is not going to be a smart decision for him and his family. And so, obviously, you got to you got to look at this, and I mean, and think that it might be only a matter of time before he commits to North Carolina. Good stuff. Good insight there, and a lot of perspective to think about. I mean, all signs point to Des Evans and UNC. You're seeing some more crystal balls head that way as well. And it's just such a close school and, and they're definitely on him. And the, the you know coaches, it's, it's been it's clearly a priority for the Tar Heels there. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back to talk about the big official visit weekend ahead for UNC. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. And Don, I don't know too much about this official visit weekend. So what can you tell us about what's ahead for UNC recruitment? And even looking ahead to, you know, we're not going to be together again for, for about two weeks. So what can you preview uh, for this weekend and then maybe uh, in, the, in the near distant, near, near future. Well, this is going to be the biggest um, official visit weekend to date. Obviously, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the, uh, you know, in, in the winter and fall, you know, during the football season and also in, in January with official visit weekends. And, um, and we haven't even had a grasp of what Mac Brown likes to do with his official visits. We knew with Larry Fedora, he liked to have that big weekend where the commits and the top targets were there and, and allow them to kind of um, help uh, that, that mix to kind of help land some of his top targets. So we don't, we don't know what Max going to do, but to date, this is going to be the biggest official visit weekend. We have confirmed five official visits. And I could tell you that there are a couple of others that uh, UNC is working on finalizing. Um, one of them is, is, is Quinn and Williams. There's a couple other ones that uh, right now um, I'm not at liberty to, to mention, but the guys who they have coming in are, you know, some big time guys that UNC is really, really interested in. Uh, Devin, a chain is, uh, you know, the um, uh, wide receiver slash running back uh, teammate of uh, Malik Hornsby's. He's, he's scheduled to officially visit UNC this weekend. T Lee, who is, who has had the shortest name in all of humanity. Um, just T, just the letter T is his first name. Um, he's, uh, from uh, Beaufort, Georgia, which is a school that North Carolina has had a lot of success with um, recruiting, has um, you know has uh, uh, Bryson Richardson, to where he came from, and, and a couple of others in the past that North Carolina has recruited from that school. He's actually committed to Arizona State, but did say that there is a uh, two uh, three other schools that he will take official visits to. Um, that had the opportunity to, I guess, unseat Arizona State. North Carolina is obviously one of them. Joe Moore is a defensive lineman from um, St. Louis who uh, will be officially visiting this weekend. Uh, he's a guy we haven't ho- haven't heard a whole bunch about. He's taking a, a little bit slower approach to his recruitment. Um, I think he just uh, released his top 10 a couple weeks ago. North Carolina was obviously on it. Getting this official visit now is kind of interesting because it's kind of like you're swinging for the fences. If you hit it, obviously you're going to hit a home run. If you miss then you could um, you know, miss your chance of landing this kid because if he goes and takes four other official visits during the fall, North Carolina is going to be at a disadvantage. Uh, Miles Murphy is a guy that we've talked about a bunch. Uh, from you know, Four-star defensive lineman from um, Dudley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, this is huge because he, this will be his fourth and thus far final official visit, and then he will make his verbal commitment during the season, I'm sorry, during the summer, before the end of the summer, he'll make his verbal commitment. So North Carolina is going to get the, if we keep on uh, the uh, baseball analogies, the last at bat with uh, 
with um, Miles, uh, which is going to be key because he seems to be pretty impressionable. And whatever the last one is mine is huge. And the last guy of the five, uh, 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 Braden Swinson, defensive lineman from um, Chapel Hill High School in Georgia. He's a guy we actually ran a story on a couple weeks ago, um, really kind of picking up steam with the offers, even you know as recently as a couple days ago, picked up a bunch of um, uh, key offers. Uh, you know, he took an official visit to Missouri this past weekend and obviously North Carolina this weekend, another situation where, um, the, the, the timing of the official visit, we'll see if it works in North Carolina's favor or ends up hurting them because, you know, if he decides to take his recruitment into the, into the season and then take additional official visits, that's going to put North Carolina behind the the eight ball a little bit. So those are the five, uh, Devin Achain, T. Lee, Joe Moore, Miles Murphy, and Braden Swinson. And the uh, possibility for more that you can't reveal yet. That could yeah, happen. yes, and, and a lot of that is the fact they're not they're not finalized yet, and I don't want to get anyone's hopes up if they don't end up coming. And, and in addition to that, if I mention names or whatever, then um, that there there exists a possibility that putting that out there could uh, could affect the chances of, of the the visits being finalized or not. This Braden Swinson guy, he goes to Chapel Hill High School, but that's in Georgia. That That is correct, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this guy's in Chapel Hill? Uh, I, I feel but- like for just for just my own like weird sort of, uh, I guess, I don't know, weird mind or whatever landing him because he goes to chapel hill high school and that tar heap steel from um new jersey i just feel like those guys should be should be on the commitment list yeah so that's interesting stuff um all right uh is that about it? is there anything else you want to touch on before we go to the top five no i guess that's that's basically it you know um obviously we're going to have complete coverage you know we we posted stories on um, the two guys that officially visit North Carolina last weekend. We posted them ASAP, um, both Sunday and Monday. We posted those stories. So uh, our plan is to do the same. Um, obviously, some of that is out of our control. A couple of these guys aren't uh, the easiest to get a hold of, particularly a chain. Uh, but uh, our goal is to get get at least intel, but definitely get interviews with all five of those guys and whoever else might come this weekend um, up on Inside Carolina up on Inside Carolina as soon as possible. So make sure you're checking Inside Carolina on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all early next week. Great stuff. All right, the top five. So we set the top five as your podcast. I'm sorry, the, um, your top five sitcoms or, or comedy TV shows. We got 10 submissions. Uh, a great collection of shows. It's interesting to see kind of what our listeners are watching. There is, we definitely have to read Michelle's, who is, uh, you know. Would well, you want to give the next one? Yeah, you go ahead and do it. You have the little big list. So this is our next one. Go ahead, Doc. All right. So since we're actually going to be gone for, what, two weeks or so, um, you have plenty of time. So we, we understand that this is going to require a little bit more. <laughs> more. Yeah, this is gonna. This is this is definitely a homework assignment for sure. So, um, defensive line is something we've been talking about a bunch on the podcast, on the message board. A lot of the a lot of the the defensive line that UNC is recruiting, everybody should know for the most part. Miles Murphy, Jacoby Cohen, so on and so forth. Um, so, what we want you to do is we want your top five defensive linemen that North Carolina is currently recruiting. 
Now, you can find this list on Inside Carolina's recruiting board. Just go to the uh, defensive line tab and just see those guys um, and, and just you know, watch their film and rank them. Just give us our five. You don't, there's, ooh, I don't know, maybe a dozen of them. We don't need all 12 of them ranked. Just your top five favorites in order. I'm going to read the list real quickly. This is also going to include the commits. So UNC has two D-line commits, so we want you to include those in there so that we can kind of get a gauge of where those guys sit with some of the other other um, commits who haven't, who haven't uh, made this, or some of the other recruits who haven't made a commitment yet. All right, so uh, we got A.J. Beattie, Kedrick Bigley-Jones, Jacoby Cohen, Desmond Evans, Tonka Hemingway, Sean Martin, Joe Moore, Miles Murphy, Octavius Oxidine, Clyde Pender, Antoine Powell, Kamen Rucker, Braden Swenson, and Quentin Williams. So, like I said, uh, you know, at least half of those uh, names should be familiar. We actually just talked about a, a couple of them. We're actually officially visiting UNC this weekend, um, and uh, Kedrick Bigley Jones officially officially visited last weekend. So, um, so yeah. So, just your top five. Put them in order. Watch the film on each of those guys. Send them in. As always, you can send them in by Twitter at Don Callahan IC or on the message board. Uh, my name on there, I think, is just Don Callahan, I think. Just Correct. send me a message Correct. with that. Good stuff. So watch tape and rank the based on talent, the the your top five defensive linemen that UNC is recruiting in a 2020 class. Okay. So the top five that we set for this week is the um, top five sitcoms, comedy shows, uh, et cetera. We're going to read four submissions and then give our – uh, our five, we're going to have to read Michelle's and we want to read the guy who emailed us, Don, from Korea. But uh, I'll let you start with which, whichever one you want to read first. All right, I'll do Michelle since uh, now Michelle said that she only listens to our podcast because for work purposes, which I think, if true, is hurtful. And if um, I think is actually false, though. But anyway, all right. So she gave, she gave big descriptions, too. She did. So I'm going to read these as quickly as possible. All right. Number five, Roseanne. It's not a popular take now, but back in the day when she was still relatively sane, her series broke major funny ground. A family that was struggling and flawed and headed by a a sarcastic plus size female lead that was unheard of in TV land at the time. Still cracks me up to watch the reruns. Number four. A lot of deep themes and, and kind of a good cultural take there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very good selection. Number four. It is a tie. Uh, a lot of people did this. They grouped the office and Parks and Rec together. I really, well, I'll get into off, office, obviously. I haven't really watched Parks and Rec. My wife does, so I've caught a couple episodes while she's watching. I could definitely see why someone would, would, would pair them together. But anyway, so number four, uh, par- office, uh, Parks and Rec. I did these as a tie because they were both mockumentaries, single camera, no laugh track or audience programs. Both series have an, an, indel- an incredible Ensemble of oddball characters, The Office's Creed, Bratton, and and Parks and Rec's Jean Raffio are quotable in every se- every scene either appears in. Uh, will anyone ever forget Dwight or Ron Swanson? I haven't even gotten to the stars, Michael Scott and Amy Fuller, uh, who are both comedy masters. All right, number three, 30 Rock, Good Lord, Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, uh, Tracy Morgan, Jan Kronkowski and Jack McBrayer is just one hell of a lineup. Sharp writing and hilarious plot lines. Kenneth Parcel never fails to get a laugh. Jan uh, Kronkowski 
strikes the most arc spoiled tone ever. This is Tracy Morgan at, at the height of Wacko. America fell in love with Alec Bowman again on this show. And Tina Fey, she's just amazing. Number two, Veep. Literally the funniest sitcom ever, ever I've ever seen. Filthy, mean, and deliriously funny. Also with the mockumentary single camera format, Julia Louis-Dreyfus won six consecutive Emmys for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy for Playing Selena Meyer. The writing is sharp and the acting amazing. Uh, Louis-Dreyfus' facial expressions alone make the list. It's a grown-up comedy. This one I actually have on my, my to-do list to watch, and I have not uh, had a chance to watch it. Um, Saturday Night Live is number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows someone who says SNL isn't funny anymore. That's crap. For 44 years, it has been churning out comedians and skits that uh, sketches that set the tone for comedy in America. He may be Canadian by birth, but Lauren Michaels is the godfather of American TV comedy. Legends come from their from her ranks. Uh, there is something for everyone each week. I did not include Saturday Night Live um, because you know it's not like a show show. But yeah, I, was I, say, could, I, don't, I don't know if it fits the bill. Yeah, but I mean, really, it is it is classic. I mean, it's going on forever. I can remember when I was younger. Um, you know, we'd have a party, a family party, and I remember it being on. Um, those are the only times I was allowed up that late. Um, and but I mean, if you just, I mean, so many people have come out of Saturday Night Live, and it, and it kind of deserves its own sort of like category. Sure. Uh, I think Michelle is missing her calling as a like a, a TV writer, like a like a, her and uh, her and Jake Lawler need to get together, uh, critiquing shows and stuff. All right. I'm going to read Noah. Noah emailed us. He is currently at the U.S. Embassy in Seoul, Korea. So definitely our farthest uh, listening um, guy, which is great that he's been listening, caught up with the podcast and emailed us yesterday. Um, He's working for the State Department, uh, representing U.S. interests at the U.S. Embassy in Seoul, Korea. So that is impressive. All right. He had no particular order, some similar submissions, Veep. Raunchy, timely, uh, hilarious, pretty even-handed and skewering idiocracy across the ideological spectrum. Great cast writing. There were a lot of big words in that. <laughs> uh, Parks and Rec, great cast, very diverse humor, slapstick, awkward, nerdy, macho, cliche, etc. Tons of heart, which puts it above the office in my book. It's not just cringing while Michael Scott reaches some new level of awkwardness. You're actually rooting for all the characters. They really draw you into the goodness of people. Archer. He says, I'm not one for cartoons, but Archer is the exception. As with most, most shows, it seems uh, dragged on a couple of two seasons long, but the first few seasons were extremely funny. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's a more recent comedy. It's hard to not laugh at Andy Samberg's antics while he's at the top of his game. And finally, The League. Gotta have a sports show on here, right? It's tailed off a bit, but the first few seasons... Especially season two, or spout your beer, funny, great use of callbacks, inside jokes, etc. The athlete cameos are a major plus. It's an absolutely hilarious show. All right. All right. So I'm definitely going to go for a shorter. Oh, I'm going to go for this one, which I think was intended for you, Ross. Okay. Okay. Brent Male 37. Okay. Right. So I think that he was probably looking to find out if the eligible eligible bachelor on this podcast which would be you i am married um was interested so might want to hit up brett at some time um he gave you his he gave you his uh, a uh, asl right there all right number five it's always sunny in philadelphia number four 
30 Rock, number three, Parks and Rec, number two, The Office, and number one, Seinfeld. And then he adds, NBC Thursday Night Comedies dominate this list, also quotable. All right, good stuff. I'll go Dale from um, Waxall. He always submits, which we love. Uh, so I'll give him a shout-out here. He has number one, The Office. Start says, sorry to going downhill once Steve Carey left, but for many years, is a, the talk of the workplace. Number two, Friends. Grew up watching it and still watch reruns. Three, Seinfeld. Four, Two and a Half Men. A new submission there. Always, only watched the Charlie Sheen episodes, but, but often had me laughing. And five, Parks and Rec. All right, Don, let's do let's do your f- uh, five to one, and then I'll go. You don't you want you don't want to do every other. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> okay. You're always into the, every other one. All right, no, we'll do it your way because you know you you don't want to be fun. <laughs> um, all right, so this was really hard for me. Not as hard as last week's with the um, uh, the the quarterbacks uh that was definitely harder but but this was hard because like i i just had so many that i wanted to include so um my three that i did not include that i feel like really need to be mentioned bob's burgers i feel like is super underrated have you ever seen it i have not oh god it's so funny um and really and like the more i think about it i want to put it in my top five but i'm like who the hell do i bump out but Bob's Burger is super funny, especially if you like toilet humor and that sort of stuff. But it doesn't go too much. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's a cartoon. But um, my, me and my daughter watch it a lot. Um, the Simpsons, I feel like, is a classic. And I'm surprised not – I don't think anybody mentioned The Simpsons. You know, it's, it's – you know, it's, it's speaking of running, I, st- I think it's still running now. But um, I feel like it deserves a spot just because, I mean, it's something that I also grew up on. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Obviously, it's in Philadelphia, so it gets a bump from me. But uh, another show that's super funny um, has some good actors, and they're also, um, you know, they don't take it seriously and and, and uh, definitely play up the dumb card. All right, so to my my actual list, number five is uh, is the league, which I'm glad that um, who was it that had the league? Someone had the league on there, so I didn't think anybody would have the league. I feel like this is. And it, you know, like Bob's Burgers, I feel like this is also very underrated. And I think a lot of that is because both of those shows are on FX, and a lot not a lot of people watch that channel. But if if you like, if you're in fantasy football, you can kind of get the humor, especially if you're in fantasy football league with with a bunch of your friends, where where you have a lot of inside jokes and and all that. Uh, the the um, the cameos from the football players is also uh, great um, adds to it. But a lot of um, a lot of bro humor, but it but it's it's funny. Um, a lot of picking on each other sort of stuff is really funny. All right, number four, Shameless. Have you ever watched Shameless? I haven't, but I've I've wanted to. It's okay. on what what channels it come on? It comes on Showtime, which yeah. makes it a little bit I've difficult. Had. Yeah, um, it's it's I I kind of was hesitant in putting it on here because it's a drama slash comedy. So um, so there's a little bit of that, but. Uh, it's you know this I guess this white trash family in Chicago and just everything that can happen wrong happens wrong and um, there's a lot of moments where it has my my jaw on the ground so definitely if you um, are, can be sensitive to certain things you probably don't want to put it on um, definitely not for children number three Family Guy I feel like this is you know I, even to this day I could pop on an episode and I laugh my my ass off just watching it. Because it just you know the, the the comedy on there, the things that they do, 
the the limits that they cross i'm i'm a big uh, for my comedy i love going over the limits so um that's uh that's huge for me um number two seinfeld i feel like this is another classic this is another show where you put on an episode and you can you can call out the name of the episode you know this is the the bubble boy episode um you know the bet or whatever i mean a lot of these things and even today you'll be talking to someone and they'll be they'll make a seinfeld reference which is uh you know which kind of speaks to just the the writing and and all um and then my number one is the office um yeah. i i i really i've I'm a huge Office fan. Uh, I like I said earlier, I probably need to watch Parks and Rec. My wife watched it a, a bunch, and so I've seen a little bit of it. Um, I was kind of turned off a little bit just because I felt like there's so much elements from The Office that are in Parks and Rec. But maybe I need I do need to give it a try. But to me, that's another one where you know I think Michelle was the one who who talked about it with um, you know Dwight, who is my favorite character, it reminds me of a an older version of of Ross Martin. Um, <laughs> So the whole Dwight character is is awesome. Creed is like a backup, 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 backup character, but yet he is super funny, as Michelle mentioned in her in her write up. Uh, you know, I, someone else mentioned that uh, once Steve Carell left, it definitely kind of jumped the shark. I hundred percent agree. Nowadays, I will only watch up until he leaves. I won't go beyond that. For I have seen I've seen all the episodes, but I you know nowadays if it's an episode where he's not in it, I won't watch it. You know his awkwardness always you know makes me kind of feel awkward and then also laugh at the same time. I I love the different things that he, that, that that he does. Um, and then also the the, the Pam and um and Jim sort of romance was um wasn't too much but it kind of added something extra to the show that that i enjoy i hate the romance stuff but this was this was this was kind of nice good stuff a complete breakdown all right my top five i'll be a little quicker here uh number five i want curb your enthusiasm uh from the obviously from the creators of seinfeld on hbo um it's just so smart so well written a uh, great show i suggest you all check that one out uh number for Seinfeld, not much explanation there. Uh, like you, a lot of things that you said, Don, I agree with. I mean, great characters, great chemistry. Um, it's just an easy watch. It's fun, fun stuff. Number four, which I don't think I'm sorry. Number three, I don't think we've seen this one on here yet. Um, I'm looking through the submissions too. Workaholics. Um, it's on Comedy Central. I'm not sure if it's still going on, but the first three seasons. Four seasons were incredible. Uh, guys in their twenties, right out of college, um, trying to make things work. It's 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 workaholics. I would definitely recommend that. Number two is The Office. Uh, my favorite character is Andy Bernard. Uh, the first three or four seasons, as we've mentioned, of The Office before Michael leaves, are the best, um, and it's a go-to comedy. And then number one is Veep. I think Veep's the best comedy out there. Great cast of characters. It's on HBO, um, so not everybody has, has probably seen that, but I would recommend Veep. It's so smart. Um, it's awesome. I've met two of the guys from Veep, actually, some of the minor characters, which is, which is pretty cool. I will, right, definitely, I will definitely have to watch Veep for sure. Yeah, might be a little over your head. might be a little too smart for you. But that's uh, okay. I might have to call you and get you to explain certain things to me. <laughs> 
All right, good stuff, guys. Uh, definitely check out the weekly scoop from this week, um, the scoop from the Showtime camp. And uh, we'll be back in about two weeks with our next, next podcast. And remember the top five, submit those to Don. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.